are listening to Julia's Trucking Cafe News Hour. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Trucking Cafe. How are you doing? Everybody get a seat. Thank you so much for joining me. Man, and it's still looking like below zero temperatures. I was just watching the weather. Still on my way to Connecticut. Got to deliver Friday morning at 2 a.m. While I'm recording, you know, uh, after I get done recording this, I got to take off. I'm in Ohio at the moment, sitting in a truck stop parking lot and recording this. But, um, man, the temperatures in Minnesota and Dakotas and Wisconsin, all below zero. So anybody up there, please stay warm. Please stay safe. Please make sure you add additive to your fuel tanks. Uh, usually a half a bottle per side. It usually um, will treat anywhere about 250, 350 gallons, somewhere in there. Oh, and if you're pulling a reefer, don't forget to add some to the reefer tank as well. That's my tip for this show. So let's, after that, let's get on to the news. An iconic Talladega big rig driver dies at the age of 82. A former NASCAR driver and trucker and Patriot, Talladega Speedway big rig driver, has passed away. This happened on January 27th. The Talladega Speedway announced that driver John Ray had passed away at the age of 82. Ray was a trucker who owned John Ray Trucking Company in the 70s as well as a NASCAR driver who drove in the NASCAR Cup Series from 1974 to 76 until a crash in Daytona ended his racing career. Hmm, same way that... uh, uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. passed, I believe. Or was that in Indy? My bad. I know one of y'all got to correct me. But anyway, Ray was best known for opening up races at Talladega with his golden brown Peterbilt topped with a giant American flag. Well, actually, he had it on a post uh, behind the sleeper, and he had one of these big monster sleepers on it, and he would take a lap around the Talladega Speedway. Ray said in an interview a few years ago that he got the idea to run the racetrack in his truck with the American flag in 2001 after 9-11 and the death of Dale Earnhardt Sr. From that interview, I quote, It was 2001. We just had the 9-11 attacks, and Dale had also passed away earlier that year. I had a crazy idea to run my rig out on the truck, track, excuse me, with an American flag attached to the back. It started off as a tribute to the country and to Dale. I never thought it would become the heartfelt moment that it has over the past some odd years. But I'm glad it has become a tradition that means so much to the fans and the Talladega family. It represents such a sense of pride that we all share together as a nation and as a community. It is my honor and privilege to do it. Ray eventually gave over driving the Peterbilt to his friend Roger Haynes and then to his son Johnny. Rest in peace, John Ray. In our next news article, a woman is sentenced for trying to end a police pursuit by shooting at semis on Interstate 70. The woman and her co-defendant later said they were trying to cause a crash that would allow them to escape from the cops. A Missouri woman had been sentenced to federal prison for shooting multiple multiple semi-trucks during a high-speed police chase back in 2016. On January 27th, Victoria Ann Boole, 27, was sentenced to 10 years in the federal pen. 
school, previously pled guilty to two counts of destruction of motor vehicle and one count of possession of a stolen firearm. The charges stem from April 7, 2016 police pursuit that began when a Boone County Sheriff's Department sergeant spotted a Jeep that had been reported stolen at the Midway Travel Center in Columbia, Missouri. Excuse me. When the sergeant approached the Jeep, Boole and the co-defendant, Russell Dean Moore Jr., 27, took off. This is from the U.S. Attorney's Office, how they described it. The sergeant pursued the Jeep with his emergency lights active. The Jeep turned onto Highway 40, and as it was crossing Interstate 70, Moore shot at several mul- shot at the sergeant multiple times. The Jeep turned onto Highway W, like U and U, and stopped at the intersection of Sugar Creek Road. Sergeant saw Moore exit the Jeep and started shooting at him. Moore got back into the Jeep and the pursuit continued. After the sergeant's patrol vehicle was stuck by at least, struck by at least one bullet, disabling it, other officers continued the pursuit of the stolen Jeep into the southern part of Columbia. That's Missouri. The chase eventually moved on to Interstate 70 East, where officers continued to pursue the stolen Jeep into Callaway County. Throughout the pursuit, multiple shots were fired from the Jeep at various officers. Shots were also fired from the Jeep at four semi-trailer trucks. I just just call them semis. (laughs) Traveling on Interstate 70, nearly striking one of the drivers. The Jeep ran out of gas on County Road 172 in Callaway County, and Bull and Moore were arrested. Both Bull and Moore later admitted they drove the Jeep at different times during the pursuit. How the heck could you change drivers in that pursuit? Both Bull and Moore said they had fired at the trucks during the pursuit, hoping to cause a crash that would allow them to escape. They told investigators that their intent when shooting at the the trucks on Interstate 70 East was to cause a serious accident. Great! Which would terminate the officer's pursuit and aid in their escape. Two trucks were shot at during the pursuit. One of the drivers stopped his vehicle and discovered that his cab was damaged and there was a 9mm bullet lodged behind the driver's seat. Another driver told investigators he heard a pop and his truck engine began smoking and overheated. He pulled into a rest stop and called his employer. There was a hole in it, tractor grill and the radiator, air cooler and condenser were damaged. Moore had already been sentenced to 30 years in federal pen after pleading guilty to the same charges as Bull. Now, in other news, a trucker accused of stealing and reselling $36,000 worth of diesel. Wisconsin police say that a truck driver is facing felony charges after allegedly stealing tens of thousands of dollars worth of diesel fuel and reselling it to other truck drivers. 37-year-old truck driver Frank J. Perone had been issued felony theft charges related to a scheme involving the theft and resale of diesel fuel, according to a report from the Kenosha News. Authorities say that Perone stole more than 14,000 gallons of diesel over a period of several months from a fuel distribution business in Lake Geneva, where he worked. Not making enough money, are you? According to a criminal complaint issued by Walworth County District or DA, Perone's employer became suspicious when he showed up to work on his days off and when some of his delivery records went missing. The employer allegedly used GPS and satellite imagery to track Perone to locations in Spring Grove and Fox Lake, Illinois. 
After tracking Perone with GPS, the employer then followed him to a location in Spring Grove and watched, quote, while the defendant fueled up several trucks, end quote. Perone has called the incident a misunderstanding caused by a faulty fuel management system. Really? The, that's, that's a lame excuse. The value of the 14,775 gallons of stolen fuel is estimated at $36,279. Perone could face up to 10 years in prison if convicted. And if you haven't been around St. Louis lately, around the 255 loop, it's going to be closed for the next 10 months. Between 64 on the east side, the Illinois side of the 255 loop and Interstate 55. So the best way to do it, you could get to 64 if you have to use 64. But if you have to go around 70, best to go around the north side of town and stay on 70, go to 370 at the 224 exit 224 take 370 to 270 then back around to 70 or you could take 70 through town but you can't get around the 255 on the east side at all when you come in on 64 you could take 255 south if it's not all clogged up but you cannot go north you'd have to go through downtown but Illinois and to the so to the article Illinois Department of Transportation is warning drivers to find alternate routes around a major interstate closure that began in January, or actually February 1st, 2020, seven-mile stretch of 255. Um, And it says Metro St. Louis area will be shut down for a rehabilitation and resurfacing project. The closure will take place between Collinsville Road and Route 15. The project is, is set to finish in about 10 months on November 24th, so just before Thanksgiving. Illinois DOT says that the total closure of both directions of the interstate, instead of carrying out the project in stages, will reduce the project completion time to 10 months instead of four years and will protect road workers from traffic. It is also expected to save taxpayers $14 million, Illinois taxpayers. The project is expected to cost $64 million. And you want to click the article below, but like I said, if you're on 70, the best thing to do is take 70 on the north side or if you need to go to 64. If you're coming in on 55, the best way to take is 270 around there again to the top side to 370 back around to 270. That'll take you back around to 55. I know it's a long way, but or else go through downtown uh, past the um, Cardinal Stadium and everything. Just stay on 55. That, is, But it's the 255 on the east side of St. Louis that is shut down. If you have any questions about that, you can always message me, email me, um, ask on the page, on our Facebook page, or in our discussion group, anything like that, if you forget or you need a reminder of how to get around. And a truck stop scores a legal victory in a bizarre toilet paper injury case. I didn't hear about this one. An Illinois court sided with a truck stop giant pilot in a strange case involving an injury caused by an industrial size roll of toilet paper. In an opinion published on back the end of January, 
Illinois appeals court voided a previous verdict that found Pilot Travel Centers was responsible for injuries that a woman sustained when he was struck by a falling roll of toilet paper. Did what she do break a nail? Aww. The majority opinion found that there was no evidence that Pilot could have known that someone would place the toilet paper, quote, so as to booby trap the entryway into the stall in some sort of prank or intentional attack upon the plane of Miss Pearson. Pearson, who was working as a waitress at a Denny's restaurant in the pilot location in St. Louis, Illinois, was injured on April 7, 2016, when she was hit on the head by the toilet paper roll as she entered the bathroom stall. Pearson filed suit against Pilot months later, claiming that the truck stop failed to maintain the restroom in a safe condition. A court sided with Pearson during July 2018 trial and found Pilot liable for her injuries. Pilot appealed the verdict, and on January 27, 2020, the court sided against Pearson, finding that Pilot could not be held accountable. From the opinion, I quote, because Pearson failed to establish that the toilet paper roll was on top of the door for a period of time long enough that Pilot should have or could have discovered it, we cannot find that Pilot had constructive notice of the condition of the restroom, end quote. The majority ruling remains the case to the trial court with directions that it should enter a judgment notwithstanding the verdict in favor of Pilot. In other words, a default judgment. And in other news, a Texas trucking company is slammed with a $7.4 million verdict. A Texas jury ordered a trucking company to pay millions to a man who was injured during a crash involving an oversized loan load that happened back in 2017. On January 23rd, a Travis County jury awarded Ronnie Claxton nearly $7.4 million for an injury he sustained in a crash involving driver working for Colleen, Texas-based trucking company, Even Better Logistics. According to the lawsuit, April of 2017, the driver, Dennis Rayner, was hauling an oversized overheight load on southbound Highway 183 when he struck the Highway 71 bridge. Remember I told you there was a lot of bridge strikes with oversized loads and these reels of uh, hose or pipe or whatever? We talked, I uh, reported on that. Claxton was driving a pickup truck directly behind Rainer during the bridge strike. Claxton legal team said that, quote, force of the crash caused steel turnbuckles and chains securing the trailer's load to rip apart at a high rate of speed. A chain and a steel turnbuckle crashed through Claxton's windshield. Can we say that maybe Mr. Claxton was following too close? The lawsuit contends that Claxton suffered in serious injuries during the incident and is now unable to work, dress himself, or drive. Yeah, but nobody was saying he was following too close. The suit makes several accusations of negligence against the trucking company, including that Rayner, quote, failed to operate the vehicle on Texas DOT-approved route, and that, quote, the company had no written safety policies and failed to maintain their vehicles, end quote. Another quote, Rayner could have pulled over, turned around, or called for police to escort to get back on route the law firm said, and instead he continued on an unsafe route where he had a bridge. Upon impact, a tie-down ratchet weighing 25 pounds was thrown into the windshield of our client, client Ronnie Claxton's truck. 
Today, a Travis County, Texas jury heard Ronnie and rendered their version of Texas justice. Uh, $7,396,314 plus two and a half years of prejudgment interest at 5% on economic losses of $1,261,314, said one of the attorneys. And of course, they get their 33 to 40% of that. And the New York governor proposes steep increase in fines for overheight and overweight vehicles. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo today unveiled his 2020. 2021 budget proposal that includes a measure designed to cut down on bridge strikes by trucks. Thursday, Cuomo unveiled his 2020 executive budget, which includes a proposal to dramatically increase fines for overweight, overheight violations for truck drivers in hopes of cutting down on bridge strikes. The current penalty for a first-time offense overheight violation is a $200 to $500 fine and or 30 days in jail. Cuomo's proposal would increase this fine to $5,000. Getting a little money hungry there, Cuomo? Keeping the jail sentence the same. Quote, bridge strikes at best create unacceptable, costly traffic problems with real economic consequences and at worst are a public safety hazard that put the lives of motorists and passengers alike at risk, Cuomo said. Blah, wah, 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 wah. Quote, with these new tougher penalties, we are containing our aggressive action to reduce the frequency of these crashes and improve the safety and reliability of our roadways, end quote. The complete list of proposed penalty changes offered up by Cuomo can be viewed at the bottom of this article. I will let you read this for yourselves. And... This episode of Julia's Trucker Cafe is brought to you by My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shippers or receivers and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers and paper mills. So, uh, My Patriot Supply is an emergency food plus survival killer. I always do a brain fart right there. They have food kits that are good up to 25 years, and they come in a slimline plastic tote that you can easily store in your food pantry. I can speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home, we were without power for 10 days, my mother, my son, and I. If it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway, landlocking me in. So I couldn't get out to get food. Now, how was I supposed to feed three people? And at the time, there was four-mile gas lines. If I knew then what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I definitely had some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. And with all the bad weather that's going on right at this time of the year, you definitely need to be prepared. So in order to get yours, go to my page at juliastruckatcafe.com, click on the emergency food supply tab, scroll down, it's delicious food. I have some in, uh, underneath my bunk in my side box. You definitely need to stay prepared and get yours today. It's economical, it, it even have gluten-free food. So check it out today, juliastruckatcafe.com. Click on the My Patriot Supply tab right below the header picture and get yours today. You need to stay prepared. So let's get back to the news. 
Dozens of state troopers are fired in a cheating scandal. Georgia state officials say that they have terminated dozens of troopers for allegedly cheating on a test. This happened the end of January. Officials with the Georgia Department of Public Safety announced the termination of 30 new state troopers. Investigators say that they were tipped off that every member of the 106th Georgia State Patrol Trooper class had cheated on an online speed detection operator exam. The Georgia Department of Public Safety said investigators found the cadets utilized written or typed notes, received direct assistance from another cadet, test answers, utilized test questions and answers posted by a cadet on the GroupMe online application, and queried an internet search engine for test questions and answers. End quote. Officials say that as many as 133 speeding citations have been issued by the now fired troopers who did not pass the exam. Georgia Department of Public Safety Commission Mark McDonough said that all of the troopers interviewed as part of the investigation admitted to cheating on the exam. It's a punch in the gut. This goes to our very core values, McDonough said, and they're fucking lazy. I'm surprised they even gave out any speeding citations at all. You know, so what are they going to do about those speeding citations is my question. Are they going to all be ixnade or what? And in happier news, on a happier note, 50 truckers convoy to bring joy to a boy with terminal cancer. Dozens of truck drivers came together in Wisconsin to brighten the day of a local boy suffering from a deadly form of cancer. Uh, 50 truckers came together in Berlin, Wisconsin and show a support for nine-year-old Miguel who was suffering from a rare form of cancer. The convoy og- organizer, Be- Becky Retzlaff, sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, Becky, said that she was overwhelmed by the response from truckers who wanted to show up for Miguel. She said, quote, we can't do a lot, but we own trucks. So I was like, why not give him a ride in a semi? And all, it all just kind of blew up, end quote. Retzlaff's son is in the same class as Miguel in school. And there's a video at the bottom of the article, and it's just truck after truck after truck after truck going down the highway four miles 50 trucks that's a lot of trucks for a little boy kudos to them and the new york mayor now the government got in of new york got into it now the new york mayor is getting into it he's ordering increased truck enforcement with seven thousand dollar citations starting This month, New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has ordered city police to start handing out heavy truck violation citations as high as $7,000 starting in February. He signed an executive order requiring New New York Police Department to increase truck enforcement on the BQE, Brooklyn Queens Expressway. Per the executive order, starting on Monday, February 3rd, the NYPD will have the authority to issue fines of up to $7,000 to any truck weighing more than 80,000 pounds on the BQE. The news of the truck crackdown comes just one day after a panel released a report on the BQE suggesting that overweight trucks could cause enough infrastructure damage to make the roadway unsafe in just a few years. Well, fix the damn highway, you numbnut. 
De Blasio admitted that New York needs trucks to supply goods to the city, but said that they aren't welcome on his city streets. Well, then you know what? You know what I would do? You could pick up your crap at the GW Bridge. You know what? That's what the hell I tell them. And I just did. Quote, so much of what we depend on is by truck. We're going to be dependent on trucks for so much of what we need for a long, long time. And we don't want them on our city streets. The BQE carries about 150,000 vehicles each day, including around 15,000 trucks per day. The news of the enforcement crackdown comes the same week that the governor proposed a dramatic increase in fines for overweight, overheight violations for truck drivers in hopes of cutting down on bridge strikes. So if you're busted in New York City on the BQE and then turn around and uh, are overweight too, you could get up as much as a $12,000 fine in the city. I tell them you could take, bring, bring your box trucks over here to the GW and pick up your crap over here. But anyway, I digress. And in other news, a trucker becomes a part of a 24-vehicle pileup. A trucker was involved in a snowy pileup on Wyoming 80. This occurred on January 31st. According to Wyoming State Patrol, the crash occurred near Laramie on Iowa 80 at mile marker 331. A lot of blowing snow. The crash ultimately involved 24 vehicles, including 19 semis. And our next story is a driver survives a crash that leaves a semi hanging off of a Kentucky bridge. Kentucky State Police say that they are on the scene of a hazmat crash that forced an evacuation on February 3rd. The crash occurred in the morning of February 3rd in Whitley County, south of Williamsburg, Kentucky. Troopers say that the semi-truck, which is hauling flammable materials, materials, overturned and ended up hanging off the Buck Creek Road Bridge. They say the flammable material leaking was leaking following the crash, force, forcing an evacuation of nearby homes because a lot of times they don't know what it is until they get into the trailer. Local news reports that the semi-truck driver did not suffer any serious injuries, thank goodness. But boy, it's going to be expensive to clean that crap up. Hazmat crews at Kentucky State Police Commercial Enforcement Division were on the scene. And they haven't released any more news about that. And more than 80 trucks convoyed for a trucker battling cancer. And this is a completely different story. Dozens of trucks convoyed past the home of a trucker fighting cancer in this heartbreaking video. On Saturday, the end of January, um, Ms. Kaufman shared video of the convoy designed to honor trucking company co-owner Daryl Kaufman. She writes, you must watch this. This happened today. Such a bittersweet moment for all that was involved. Want to take a minute and say thank you to all for all the support and the overwhelming love. 80 plus trucks drove past Daryl Kaufman's home Saturday, February 1st. Daryl's a co-owner of D Bar D Trucking and Crossroad Tours. He was impacted many in his lifetime. Dale and Daryl Kaufman, twin brothers, age 46. Daryl has been fighting cancer for four years now. Last week was placed on hospice. This video is just so amazing to watch and you can watch it in the show notes. It'll be um, with this podcast.
and some truckers work together for a massive drilling rig move. This happened in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. Multiple trucks were required to move a supersized drilling rig to a new location. And you can watch that video below. And finally, a truck driver survives, quote, final destination crash involving a car hauler and an SUV. Connecticut authorities report an unusual crash involving a semi-truck, a car hauler, and an SUV. The crash occurred around 4 p.m. on February 3rd on Interstate 84 in Connecticut. According to a report from the fire department, an SUV came off of the car hauler and struck a tractor trailer head on in the westbound lanes of I-84. Officials say that no one was seriously hurt, but you could see serious damage to both the semi-truck and the SUV in the pictures of this article. The incident resulted in diesel fuel spill and caused significant traffic backups because of course they had to have Hazmat come out and clean that whole mess up. And I want to say I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to me on the cafe. If you are new here to the cafe and you would like to check me out at the bottom of every podcast episode, I have links on the website at juliastruckercafe.com where I list where you can also find me like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker, and many more. Also Pandora. Please subscribe if you want to see the podcast. I also do a video version of it on YouTube. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's free. doesn't cost anything to subscribe. I'm trying to build up those listeners on YouTube. So if you want to see what I'm talking about as far as the articles go, I cannot play the videos that go along with the articles because I will get a copyright strike. But please check out the YouTube channel. Please also like us on Facebook and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck at Cafe Regulars. On the website at juliastruckatcafe.com, I share recipes, videos, and much, much more. You could find all of that under the cafe menu tab right below the top main picture. I would humbly ask that you subscribe to our email list and I'll send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way you don't have to come back to the website, which I'm glad that you do, to view the articles that I reference in the show. In the future, I'll be having new things coming out, like next month. I'll be having a big announcement where you can meet me next month. And if you're on our email list, you'll have priority in getting those new things that are in the works. Before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one. If you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. My email is info at juliastruckatcafe.com. That's I-N-F-O at juliastruckatcafe.com. I read each and every comment. If you enjoy my show and you would like to become a sponsor or some... um, a supporter of the show, there's also a link to do that. Thank you to everybody who's already subscribed to the YouTube channel and who has become a sponsor. Without you, uh, the show and having the new things and everything, would I wouldn't be able to do it. So thank you so much. Uh, hopefully everybody stays safe out here with all this crazy weather. And have a blessed week. And until next time...
been listening to Julia's Trucka Cafe Truckin' News Hour. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Take care. Have a blessed day.